Welcome to Sound Stage. I'm Bear Wynn. I'm Vi Hook. I'm Brendan Evadomsky. I'm Angelika Zorowski. And since this is our first episode, I thought I'd just lead in with a little bit of introduction. Uh, Soundstage is WPGU's currently only, and I believe first movie review, uh, currently podcast, hopefully specialty show before too much longer. Um, but every week we'll be bringing you a new movie, our thoughts, and a little playlist of music that we thought fit well with either the soundtrack or the tone or the content of the movie or whatever. It's going to be pretty subjective, um, pretty crudely slapped together, but we're going to make it work. Uh, for this episode, I thought I'd just give all of you out there listening a little taste of what our personal preferences are when it comes to movies. We just give you a quick rundown of what our favorite films are, and I believe we've all watched each other's favorite movies by this point, so we can have a little bit more of a conversation about them. Um, so just going around the circle again, my favorite film of all time is Apocalypse Now. Um, mine is the second installment of uh, Back to the Future. I really love uh, the Die Hard, the first Die Hard. And I like um, Daddy's Home, the second one. All right, how do you guys want to next week? So I guess out of all of the out of the three movies that you guys watched leading into this episode, other than obviously your favorite, which was the one that sort of stuck out to you the most? Um, for me, it was probably Apocalypse Now. I'd say I'm in the same boat. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Had you guys ever seen it before going into this, or? I have, I have. I have not. I have not uh, Okay. Yeah, I'm not a huge... I guess for the, uh, the first-timers, what... Sorry. Uh, I'm not a huge war movie person for the most part, so this was a little bit of a newer experience for me. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the same boat. <laughs> Eric, what kind of like draws you to this movie? Why do you why do you love it so much? All right, sorry about that. I'm Imagining in the recording, there's probably just a bit of a jump. We uh, just fought through some technical difficulties, but um, I think the last thing that was asked, Brendan, was you were asking me what I liked best about Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. It's... It's got... There's, there's something about it. I, I don't want to sound... I don't want to sound too pretentious here, but there's just like... It's got this very sort of surreal quality to it it feels like you're watching something more like like biblical almost like you're you're watching this story play out but it feels like so much more than just a story about the vietnam war like it's something like deeper and more psychological and i think it just 
provides an interesting spin on a story that has sort of become common in pretty much every war movie nowadays. Um, and it, it just it just makes more interesting watch, I think. Yeah, I get what you're saying with like the surreal stuff, especially with there's all these weird moments, like the general who's really into surfing and wants everyone to surf in the middle of this like war scene. And then yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. They're running through. I think one of the moments that stands out to me is like they're running like out um from the water and there's like a director who's like, Don't look at the camera and it's actually the director of the movie and the cinematographer who are like capturing them. And it's like just all these weird Oh, is that actually as Coppola? Going the mission. Yeah, that's actually Francis Ford Coppola and uh his cinematographer in that scene. Huh. I never knew. <laughs> Yeah. So when you're when you have like say, one really thing I think big, always like have found interesting about that. Yeah, and I was gonna say well, one thing I've always found interesting, like just especially about the way the movie is structured too, is like the further, because the entire movie is sort of like a journey up this river, in Vietnam. But it's like the further up the river they get, the weirder things start to become. Um, because like they said it's like it starts out and they're sort of at the mouth of the river and that's when they run into like the general that's like really into surfing and like is pretty much only capturing towns to get to the best waves in vietnam um and they keep going and then like they, they come across the um i don't know if you guys um did you guys watch the extended editions or just the uh theatrical versions uh, just the theatrical for me yeah i did <laughs> the extended one uh, okay. There's a so yeah I there there's an extended version out there somewhere. There's a debate over whether or not it's better than the original, but um th th there's an added scene that was cut from the theatrical version where they come across this French plantation um, that's being guarded by like a bunch of mercenaries, and then that's sort of at, like the midpoint of the movie, and then they keep going, and then there's that scene by the bridge which i think is just like the worst of it all where it's just like no one's in command they don't even like know what they're doing out there like there's people just trying to like run away in the middle of the night constantly and it's just like the further in they go the less sense things start to make uh, ah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um Anyways, I think, I don't know, I, th I think especially it's sort of in American culture, though, Apocalypse Now has sort of been discussed to death. So I guess I was going to ask, um, what about Die Hard does it for you, Brendan? Um, I think it's like at, at this point of like 80s action movies and like its storytelling really puts it in a place in like culture. And also it's just a very entertaining movie. Like you're watching um, the story of like John McClane uh, played by Bruce Willis, be this guy who's very normal and who gets hurt a lot as he's trying to overcome these odds which are so against him. It's like the perfect encapsulation of um, right guy um, in the right place at the wrong time. Um, and it captured it in like the story that everything makes sense. You have this beginning with him getting off an airplane and it introduces him as this cop and this guy telling him to like, oh, you, you're going to have some airplane lag. Like, take off your shoes, curl your toes, that'll make it all better. And that ends up being a problem at the end of the movie. Um, 
so everything's kind of casual and it's just so much fun. It has all these phrases that have just entered culture, Yibikaye, um, and yeah. And then there's always the big... So, another very... Um, there's, oh, sorry, go ahead, bye. Uh, there's always the big debate of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie as well. And I will defend that it is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's such a Christmas movie. Like, he, the entire point oh, of the movie is, like, really? him trying to reconnect with his wife. Like, he comes back. It's like, oh, it's all about family. In the end, he's reconnected and he goes home. And his family also becomes a central problem for him in the movie. Like, so in that case, yeah, I think I think so. Plus, it's fun. It has the Christmas jams. Um, they get the snow in the end. Yeah, perfect Christmas movie. <laughs> what more could you want? I will say, regardless of whether or not it can actually be considered a Christmas movie, him painting, what is it? It's like, ho, 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 I have a machine gun now or something like that Yeah. on the dude's chest. Yeah, that, yeah. that is that is a great moment. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, one of those other things is like, like you have a uh, lot of stars. Who was that played in... the main villain again? That Was that? Alan Rickman. Yeah, I was just about to mention um, Al Rickman. That's who it was. I was going to say Rick Bauer for some reason. That's not right. Um, yeah, well, first off, rest in peace. But he is just great in that movie. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is, like, there's a moment where him and Bruce Willis, like, interact. And they kind of know who each other are. They know who each other are in the scene, but, like, they're pretending like they don't. And they're pretending like they're friends. And it's just like this great interaction where you get them actually talking to each other. And it's like one of my favorite things that could happen in a movie. It's like the villain, the hero get that kind of interaction. Yeah, it's the scene when they're standing by like the elevator, right? And Rickman's pretending to be just like a, a worker in the office building. Yeah, like he peeks over his shoulder and like gets a name and he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a guy. And he puts on a very bad accent. Yeah, yeah. One thing I will say that works great in that movie's credit, it's I don't know if it can necessarily count as a twist, but um that moment when they go from just like it the movie starts and it seems like this building is being hijacked by a bunch of like communist terrorists or something like that but then it's like as the movie goes on you realize they have no idea what they're talking about and they're actually just a bunch of bank robbers and they're just using terrorism as a front yeah that this is all just kind of like a cover for something that's much much smaller and it's kind of cover. also the self-contained nature smaller, of, the movie yeah. of like it's all just in this tower everything that happens is really centered in this one building and i think that adds also to the movie's like tenseness like yeah. you can kind of put where everyone is where the holiday party is, where John McClane gets stuck in, and as they move on through, where yeah, they're going. Sort of like... How do you feel about the diet? Like all the sequels that made sense? They're good. They start to do the thing where they move away from what, like, what makes that original so so good is how much of a person he is, how much, like, how he his feet get cut and how he's like sweating and how he gets tired. And then, like, these recent ones, is like, oh, I can fly a car into a helicopter and blow it up. 
and I'll be I'll be all good. That's how movies work. <laughs> what was the most recent one they made? Was that the one where they made where like he and his son were in Russia or something like that? Yeah. What year was that? Yeah. I want to say that was like twenty eleven. I think it was a while ago. Twenty thirteen. Oh really? Could be wrong. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Oh my god. Yeah. Has Bruce Willis been in the movie since twenty thirteen? Oh wow. <laughs> Like he's doing some stuff here and yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking right now to see. Was he? Yeah, I know he wasn't supposed to be in like some really bad like heist movie with Frank Grillo, but I don't honestly. All right, let's yeah, see. I think I think he's like now doing some stuff where he's like playing the older hero because like the thing about what Die Hard does is like it sets him up to be a hero in a lot of these eighty action movies as he's his hairline's receding and he but he's like in the Fifth Element he's doing these other things and like nowadays he's in movies <laughs> like Red and stuff where he's still he's being the guy who's like wisecracking and older and used to be the hero. Oh yeah, he's I been mean, in. He's been in quite a few things recently. Oh, he was in a couple of things, yeah. He was in that uh, um, M. Night Shyamalan movie that came out last year. Ooh. Wait, which one was that? Huh, interesting. Um, It was the sequel to Unbreakable, or Unbroken. Oh, okay. No, Unbroken was the oh, World War II oh, movie. Yeah, Glass. Unbreakable. Oh, Glass, okay. Glass, yeah. Oh yeah, he's been he's been in a lot. This dude has some massive credits. <laughs> yeah, but I think I yeah I think a lot of that stems from Die Hard. I think you get where he is now in a lot of those movies. Looking back on his career and Die Hard's the point where you can enter that. Definitely. That's what makes it really great. Into that, yeah. Yes. That said, I, I mean, I'm not a Bruce Willis aficionado by any means, but I feel like he also does play the same character in every movie to some extent. Yeah, I could yeah, probably he's, see that. Yeah, he's not like a great actor. He doesn't have like a width of acting, but like he can play this one thing, pretty, pretty okay. <laughs> really well. Yeah. He's like, he's like Jason Statham. Like, he's like... That's fair. <laughs> yeah. No, like, he and, he and Jason Statham have both gotten to a point where just they are the character, and they can just sort of be whoever. Yeah, they're star image. Like, you see Jason Statham, you see Bruce Willis, they're like, oh, this is going to be an action movie. They're, they're going to be doing this thing. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. Looks like he's done a lot of a couple of international movies too. Really? He's got, he's got one here wow. called Yeah. He's got one here called Airstrike, which is a Chinese film <laughs> about the bombing of a Chinese city during World War Two. Huh. I wonder how that experience was so, for him. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know that's sort of been a big thing recently. It's like Chinese films are like luring in like big American stars. Even if they're only in the movie for like five minutes, they'll like have them there for that one scene and then they'll put that in all the trailers to bring American audiences into the Chinese market. That's fair. That's but... a decent, mm-hmm. a decent, uh, what is it, business yeah. technique? Business model, yeah. Yeah. Especially now that, um, American market or American studios are trying to market to Chinese audiences. That's the word I was looking for. Um, two the two industries sort of like growing closer and closer together. That's fair. Yeah. Anyways, I guess moving on. Um, what is it about Back to the Future that keeps you coming back? Um, so for me, I started watching them when I was really young. I think those were probably some of the very first movies that I remember watching. But um, the second one for me, I mean, it's basically the same story over and over and over again for each one of them, just set in a different time. But the second one, I feel like, is so much fun because, um, I mean, like, we've already been through, what was it, 2015, 2016, whenever he, whatever time he goes to. But um, just the whole, um, I feel like it's, okay, it's not, it's going to sound really weird, but I think one of the main reasons why I keep going back is just the scene with uh, the hoverboards. <laughs> Cause oh, I, so good. Yeah, I just I oh, okay, want to yeah. get one of them so badly. All <laughs> <laughs> um. those like little moments in the future where it's like the Jaws hologram and the sneakers. Yeah. All those little peaks and what we thought the future was going to oh, look like yeah. are really fun to see now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. All I also love how it's too. It sort of ties into the holograms, but. Mm-hmm. I also love all those moments in the movie where they they go back to the moments from the first movie from a different perspective as they're fixing other things. It's so much fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just a big mess, I think, (laughs) which is why it's so much fun. (laughs) Also, just, like, who doesn't I have always... I will admit... Like, who doesn't love... Go ahead. No, you're good. Who doesn't love, like just like futuristic like oh yeah i want to see what my future looks like like i feel like everybody wants that at some point like wants to know what their future holds for them so the movie is just like oh hey maybe maybe it does work out (laughs) yeah yeah i um i will admit that ever since seeing that movie i always wanted to run that scam where it's like he takes the sports almanac back to the past (laughs) and then makes millions off of it Yeah, that would, I mean, yeah, I feel like a lot of people do, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> illegal, um, <laughs> mildly. I mean, yeah, well, well, I don't think there's any legislation against time traveling just yet. That's true. There's no laws against it, you know, what's technically <laughs> stopping you. Just need to come up with a time machine. Find a DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I will say the the first Back to the Future, not to slander it too harshly, but it's like it's funny watching because that was rated PG when it first came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just I think it's funny like that's like a perfect example of how much the definition of a PG movie has changed over the years. That is very true. Because like that that movie starts with. Yeah, because, like, the, the movie starts with Doc getting, like, gunned down by, like, Libyan separatists or something like that, and, like, ends with Marty or Marty's mom, like, trying to bang him because she doesn't know that it's him. <laughs> yeah, it's... Are we allowed to put that on air? <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to go back and cut that out? Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think that's fine. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, it's got this weird, like, subplot about Marty's mom having a crush on Marty in the past. And it's just, like, those are not things that you could get away with putting in a PG movie today. Yeah, definitely not. Standards have changed. (laughs) I feel like nowadays, like, with movies, it's just if there's anything strange, if there's anything, like, mildly questionable, it's automatically rated higher than it probably should be. Yeah. (laughs) Things have gotten more stringent over the years. Definitely. I I do think part of the reason, too, that we... is like, they didn't have PG-13 back then, either, so, like, there wasn't a middle ground between that and R. So, like, a lot of movies sort of flew under the radar just because they weren't R-rated material. But... Okay. Yeah, that is true. Yes. Well, I mean, even if you if you watch um, Back to the Future, I mean, it's set during that the very first one. It's set during that time, at least for the beginning. And like, just some of the things that Marty gets away with being a teenager and being a high schooler, and then even then when he goes back, like totally different time periods, and just like. I feel like everything is so relaxed just with um, just with how he's interacting with people and like there's so much freedom with like schooling and all that but like nowadays it's everything is so strict like you wouldn't really see kids uh, skateboarding and holding on to the back of cars or anything like that like we're all very sheltered I feel sheltered yeah, yeah. I mean, now we really are. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yay, Corona joke, back, number back one. still allowed to ride skateboards. Yeah. <laughs> corona joke, number one in the books. <laughs> number one. <laughs> yep. What do you think of the third Back to the Future? I mean, it's okay. I definitely, like, for me, it's rated, for me, like, my favorites, it goes two, one, three. Um, But, I mean, it is, again, the same story. It's just set in a different time period. Um, But, like, eh, it's okay. It's not my favorite, definitely, but... Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I think we're running short on time here. So just before we have to wrap things up, just to get to the last movie in our rotation, Angelica, 
Daddy's Home 2, what draws you in? Uh, well, this was actual a uh, Christmas movie. Um, and I don't know. I just, I'm a big sucker for um, Christmas movies. And I wasn't a big fan of the first one, but this one, for some reason, it's and it's really new, or it's a few years old, but... Um, I don't know. I just I just like the actors, and it's just more of a family comedy. So. Fair enough. Just, did you see yeah. the first one? I did see the first one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I will say Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is another one of those actors who's just <laughs> like he is the character. I think like he's yeah he's just there. <laughs> um. He's he's just playing the same character in every movie, but like it it works for him. He's made some hits that way yes definitely. Um, yeah what i did think was funny about daddy's home too was i wasn't expecting john cena to show up again <laughs> he shows up at the end of the first one i was not expecting him to turn back up in the second one i thought it was just a one-time cameo but it was, yeah. there he is <laughs> yeah 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 i definitely feel like yeah. the main john cena's I definitely feel like the main thing with this movie is it's just a big pile of really famous actors, yes. which makes it even better. Yes, just because yeah, just because like you get to see all of them interact and it's like, whoa, this is crazy. It's just yeah. whoa, <laughs> all these different styles of acting all in one. Yeah, it is kind of funny to see Mel Gibson make a comeback after sort of the hiatus he's been on for the past few years is <laughs> concerns about his personal life have entered the public eye but yeah i mean he doesn't say, say what you will about him as a person he's not a bad actor he can still he can still put in the work when it needs to needs to be done yeah stop yeah um are there any other like will ferrell comedies you're a particular fan of or not um not that i can think of but like if i do see something like if i do see him in a film then i definitely know it would probably be good um but not that i i can think of in like on top of my head i mean we got to give a little shout out to like elf (laughs) oh yeah there you go i will say (laughs) elf i don't hate but I had to, my, my mom made me watch it so many times as a kid. Like, we would watch it every Christmas. And so at this point, I know that movie, like, um, I was going to say cover to cover, but that's not exactly the proper term. Um, I know that movie, like, basically line for line now, and I, I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Have, you, have you guys ever seen Step Brothers? No, I haven't. I don't think so. With John C. Reilly, that's that's another one of his movies. It's okay. It's not a. It's 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 a nice um nice way to kill an hour and a half. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Well, with that, I think we are running pretty short on time. Mm -hmm. So, if you're out there listening, I want to say thank you for turning it uh, tuning into our first episode. If you have liked what you've heard so far, be sure to come back next week. We'll be talking about the social network then. 
And yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. This has been Soundstage. I'm Barrett Wynn. I'm Vi Hook. I'm Brendan Nevodomsky. I'm Angelique Kozarowski. And we hope to see you next week. Thanks again, everybody.